Hi, this is Brendan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Kenny, Adam, and Lady Chow Fung, and we're going to talk about Journey to the West, Conquering the Demons, a 2013 film directed by Stephen Chow. This is an outrageous reimagining of the classic Journey to the West novel. Uh, it harkens back to, uh, to Stephen Chow's film that he starred in, A Chinese Odyssey. It's about a demon hunter who seeks the aid of the devilish monkey king when he encounters an unbeatable pig demon. Despite a plethora of slapstick and silly characters, it aspires to lofty themes and the occasional poignant moment. Um, so, yeah, so uh, let's start. Uh, what do you guys think? Um, I really enjoyed it, actually. Uh, there were quite a few. There, there were quite a few parts in the movie where you know my eyes did get a little bit, um, you know, misty um, at the particular, you know, tragic and touching scenes. And um, yeah, you know, but it was, you know, it was offset by a lot of uh, slapstick humor, like you mentioned, which I quite enjoyed as well. Um, and I particularly like the way they sort of depicted some of the, yeah, <laughs> the. Um, uh, Pigsy, or the, the pig demon in its human form, was uh, was quite brilliant. I thought actually, and then there was also the uh, um, what's his name again, Prince uh, Prince Vacant, Prince Important, and Prince Vacant. I think he's also yeah, yeah. Uh, his little um, gag, I guess, about the Im- impotence and uh, importance. <laughs> was, uh, <laughs> was, uh, yeah, that was uh, enjoyable. And, uh, um, I. I enjoyed the movie quite a bit. I thought it was funny. I went through a gamut of emotions through the whole movie. (laughs) At first, I was thinking, what did I get myself into? This is the strangest thing I've ever seen. Then it was like, okay, typical. Then it was kind of gross. And then it was like, oh, I'm so sad. And then it was like, (laughs) I'm so funny. So I was all over the place with this one. But I liked it. Yeah, this was an exercise in uh, varying tones extremely throughout a movie. I liked it, too. It's like it starts out, you know, first scene, it's like it's you kind of got like a Jaws suspense vibe going to it. And then it it jumps into comedy and it's all over the place. And I, I, I thought I thought overall it worked. It's like early on, for example, I I, I didn't wasn't really buying the the love story element in like the first scenes where they did it but by the end it was like i I, it sucked me in on that by the end of the movie so that was that you know that early part that was the only part i was kind of iffy on but i i thoroughly enjoyed it yeah and to me this is one of my favorite movies so obviously i i like it and it was my recommendation um so you know it's probably no surprise that i enjoyed it but uh i really enjoyed watching it again you know it's one of the like a lot you know a lot of times when you watch these movies again you know you're not sure how you're going to feel the second time or the third time or the fourth time around and uh it's been a while since i had seen it and and i i really had a great time re-watching it um and i i agree with with pretty much all you guys said i think i think that this movie really kind of seamlessly moves from one emotion to another and one sort of tone to another and it's it's uh you know it's it's a very well constructed film in the way that it does that but um but yeah so uh uh what were some of your favorite moments from the film i guess like what was uh what what stuck out with people 
We already mentioned uh, when when the human form of Pigsy was uh, introduced, and you have this really sort of like shiny, black <laughs> um, <laughs> face person, just sort of like posing and like. It was almost painful to look at. It was so. It was. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was his poses were very Peking operish, you know. At, at the mm-hmm. right time, it was just like he would stop and turn and. So it was very operatic. Well, and it even had like, the little... I don't know what that instrument is that they play when in between his poses, but there was that instrument that you get in, in the Peking opera where they're... Right. Um, it's like a, it's some kind of drum. Um, drum and cymbals yeah. or like a combination-ish? Yeah, it sounds, yeah, yeah, like it's like... Dung, 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 like they, they, they do that between each little posture that he's doing. Um, yeah, that uh, that whole kind of slow stop motion effect of him just jumping from pose to pose would really yeah. set up the character well. Yeah, I mean the the whole barbecue sequence was just fantastic. That was definitely a highlight for the movie. That was a pretty creepy scene too. That was they, that it was, was. And, it and was that it grossed me out. Yeah, well, I just love it. There's like there's that couple that goes in there and the and the and the guy's not. <laughs> so handsome and the woman is is talking about how handsome he is and then she immediately just drops him for uh for pigsy when he shows up um and it was quite creepy when yeah there's a scene where you, you know he walks out the kitchen and then he's sat opposite them and he just like opens his mouth and it's like going really <laughs> wide with all the like crusty looking teeth and you're like ah! There are moments in the movie where it becomes it, like it it leaps from being funny to serious to being like out of a horror movie. Like that scene where he, he opens his mouth and it's you're just horrified and kind of like Adam was saying, the opening sequence is a little bit like Jaws, and then the scene when when Monkey King devours the uh, the hero whose name we were debating. Um, you know, Fist it, of the North Star. Yeah, yeah he's listed in uh, in the uh, uh, IMDb as Fist of the North Star, and we, we were. We weren't sure if that was his name, but he gets devoured kind of like out of a werewolf movie or something by Monkey King. Um, yeah. But, yeah uh, like uh, like when you've got multiple tones going on at once in this movie, too. Like mm-hmm. in the opening scene, you've got kind of this Buster Keaton slapstick, you know, platform comedy going on. But at the same time, there's like this child in genuine peril at the same time. And it's like yeah. they're, you know, a lot of movies would jump from one to the other. This movie is like willing to have both of those going well, at the same time. Well, what's amazing <laughs> to me about that is that you completely buy into it too so even uh-huh. though you're laughing like at all this really wacky stuff that's going on as soon as the as soon as the mother starts fighting the fish demon to get her baby back you're you're yeah. fully invested i think it's because the stakes yeah, were so exactly. real yeah i mean it's it's the i because i mean it, it's it's serious what's going on like they're not they're not not being eaten by this thing the thing is eating them <laughs> and, and uh you know so i i i yeah and i think the whole movie is like that it's sort of like a layered thing where it's a it's a very silly movie, but underneath it all, there are some very serious sort of things going on with it. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, like, after the whole scene in the fishing village, you know, we sort of left it on the mild high note where, you know, the the, the actual demon was sealed away by Mr. Wan and, um, and, and, you know, the, everyone's safe again. But then when he... Um, 
when Tripitaka goes back to meet his master and you know he just collapses against the wall and just starts crying because of how powerless he was in the whole situation you know that's like a very you know it's a, it hit me quite hard thinking yeah that's uh that's a very you know normal like humane reaction from someone who you know truly aspires to do good and it's just like wow that was an unexpected jump and <laughs> well and i think that was an important reminder of the stakes of the first scene because when i first saw the movie I think I just assumed that the girl had somehow survived, that the that the mother had somehow magically survived uh, once they got uh, once they once they captured the demon. And he sort of reminds you that you know that, that he saved the baby, but he didn't you know he didn't save everybody. Um, yeah. And I think yeah. It, and 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 then the monk comforts him, and uh, uh, and that and that sort of uh, and, and 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 it's also sort of sets the premise of the movie, which is you know. He, that's where uh, the main character, uh, Shan, uh, Zan Sang, uh, expresses his doubts about his own powers. And his master tells him he's just missing that little something. And then we're sort of left to wonder for the rest of the movie what that little something is. And by the end of it, that's when he achieves enlightenment. And, uh, and uh, you know, we, it, the, the movie you know, can come to a close, but, uh, speaking of actually, so throughout the movie, we, we sort of introduced this concept of the 300 nursery rhymes and yeah, the, the, the only time it sort of was relevant was when they were singing it to, um, uh, the fish demon or, uh, monk Sandy or whatever. Um, you know, he's seeing it and it looks like the, you know, the fish demon sort of in pain and he doesn't really want to face these emotions that you might still have from his human side. Um, but then he gets, uh, but then the whole, that sequence gets cut short, cut short by Mr. One showing up there. So we never really see the 300 nursery rhymes, like having any impact. And it feels a bit, Odd that at the end, when he fight, when he sort of receives the um, the manual again from Miss Duan after she stuck it stuck it back together um, for know, him, I... you know, it, it suddenly re- revealed that um, it's the uh, the de- demon sealing manual, basically. Mm-hmm. Well, I felt I felt kind of it was the idea that it's like he's got this manual of things he needs to do, but it's not till someone who cares about him kind of, you know, it's it's kind of became part of the relationship of him and her together it was kind of kind of the lesson he was trying to learn was that he was being real standoffish with other people he was trying to be pure but he wasn't actually willing to love other well, people i i think yeah and i think it's also that it was it was a nursery rhyme book so he's like a child and oh and yeah. after after she's destroyed and the nursery and she sort of is you know uh and, and all that's left is the nursery rhyme book. He he progresses to the next stage of development. Like he's he's now that's that you know. So it's 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 like going from being a child to being an adult is is sort of how I was reading it. Um, yeah, to me it was like um, like Brendan had said, but also that things have to be torn apart and sometimes reassembled to be even better than what they were before. It was just a simple book of nursery rhymes. But then she tore it up and completely destroyed it. And then she gave it back to him. But I think this time it was kind of, I'm reading into this too much, infused with her love. <laughs> yeah, that's no, kind that's, of what I was thinking. So exactly. she was, when think, she put it back together, she infused it with her love, which then allowed him to b- go to that next level once she was destroyed. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to try to link to this song in the bottom of the podcast, but... 
one of the things about that uh, that nursery rhyme thing when he was singing the nursery rhyme to him that that's actually the love theme song from a Chinese Odyssey, and <laughs> and and lo- and in that one, Monkey King is the one who's in love. But I I think that 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 sort of ties in with what you were saying there, Dion, where it's um, you know it, it, you know it, it, that's that's sort of the the thing that he's sort of grappling with throughout the movie is this distinction between you know greater love and lesser love and then by the end he realizes that they're they're part of the same thing um but it's 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 his insistence on the distinction uh that sort of keeps him at the nursery rhyme stage um but i don't know i don't know if, I don't know if we've we've answered your your concerns kenny or if we've just confused I like a concern like i i understand where you're coming from with that but it's just like the way they refer to like the actual you know the, when she put the manual back together mm-hmm. because she was illiterate the, the order that she put the words back in um was actually you know actually changed the name of the suture itself mm-hmm. and that became the sort of basis of um what you know his, his chant that summoned um you know the buddha to subdue the demons yeah. Well, I, what I thought that was was that she was at, that was the real sutra that that it had, that it, the nursery rhyme was not its it, it, you know not what it really was and that when she did that she actually put it together correctly um, was was my reading of it but but again I don't know um, yeah I think you know maybe you know it's probably best to look at from the sort of the power of love angle here you know where you know even though she doesn't you know she, even though she's illiterate and she doesn't really know what she's doing you know by the very fact that she's you know caring for his well-being and you know once it wants to return the um the nursery rhyme book to him you know and sticking it yeah. painstakingly back together you know just the very act of doing that um you know brought fate onto her side and she she manages to put it back into the the format that the the, the book was supposed to be in and not just the 300 nursery rhymes and and speaking of the the nursery rhymes, I, I did want to mention that that the actor who played the fish demon when he was in human form the the look on his face throughout that scene i thought was just really perfect like that that yes. to me is what sold the scene is that guy's reactions to him singing the rhyme with just like the like slight opening of his eyes and the you know just just the expressions that he was doing, um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah I I think I think you're 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 probably right about that though Kenny with the the nursery rhymes, um, but yeah so I don't know I uh, I know this is sort of later in the movie but I I kind of want to get into a discussion about what did everybody think of of Monkey King. I thought he was hysterical mm-hmm. at the beginning when he was in his um, human form and he was in the cave and he was um, flirting with um, with Miss Juan. I thought he was pretty funny. Um, but then he progressed into like a real monster once he changed his form. So he went from sweet and funny at the beginning to his real uh, demon form. Which I thought the, it happened so fast, but I thought it was awesome. I, I like the underlying trickery early on too. I mean, you know, him trying to oh, let me gift you with this tablet thing, but you know, just you know, he, he even when he was being nice at the beginning, he was he was he was kind of working angles. Of course, that was a trick within a trick to make him think this tablet was actually the seal, and yeah, there was just a lot of uh, a lot of clever stuff going on with him. And that is what the Monkey King is known for, like his trickery yeah. and uh, 
Yeah, I, we say like maybe whim, but you know he is a very extreme person when it comes to you know acting on how he feels and um, and being a vengeful, spiteful, uh, small-minded person well, type of thing. Yeah, because when they meet him, he he talks about how oh he had a tiny dispute with the Buddha. What he's leaving mm-hmm. out is that he tried to overtake heaven. And that he, you know, he, 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 he had, you know, he had done all the, and he was just on, you know, he was this unstoppable force and they, they had to, they had to, you know, they had to, um, and I think the mountain is actually like really just Buddha's hand or something, right? Isn't that the... Yeah, traditionally, um, yeah, the, the, the Buddha and the Monkey King had a bet and, uh, yeah, the, the Monkey King was like, I bet I can fly and that you won't be able to reach me and, um... And yeah, yeah, and, and you know, he flew for like ten thousand eight hundred miles or whatever it was on his cloud, and and he found like a mountain, you know, five with five peaks, and he's like, yeah, I'll take a piss here, you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll take a pee on uh, in here to mark my territory, and I'll fly back and tell Buddha, you know, I'm much better than you. <laughs> but then it turns out that you know that where he was taking, uh, <laughs> where he was urinating was actually Buddha's hand, and then Buddha just slams him back to earth and imprisons <laughs> him. <laughs> and 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 that mountain in the book is. Is where um, Sansong meets Monkey for the first time, um, but in much different circumstances. Uh, but I thought th- this Monkey, I thought was s- extremely vicious version of Monkey. Like I, you know, usually they sort of get there's a there's that balance of comedy and and I don't know murderous rage that Monkey has, and mm-hmm. in this one they sort of divide them up so you get the comedy at the front end, and then you get like mm-hmm. just the pure sort of murderous. Like a, and really diminutive. This is like a very small version of Monkey. Um, he's like he's almost like a uh, what what are the like a capuchin, right? Like the little tiny tiny monkeys. He's like a really small type of monkey in this one. And uh, I don't know. I just think I think it's it's a very uh, I I don't know. Just a, a really yeah, it's sort of like traditional depictions of Monkey King. You know, he's a, he's always like shown as being like quite impressive in his battle armor with his you know long, long trailing head crown type things and wielding his um his extendable staff and yeah he's always supposed to be strike you know he, he always strikes you as a sort of like a very strong um you know martial arts heavy type of character mm. but in this one you know yeah you, know, you, you, you might I guess that's the sort of maybe that's what Stephen Chow is trying to go for. You know, the sort of contrast between oh, seeing a small little monkey yeah. king and and how vicious he actually was. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. it was there to add to the comedy and the absurdness of the situation, maybe. Yeah, because the, yeah. the demon hunters are making fun of his costume, right? They say, "Oh, it looks like a Peking <laughs> opera outfit," and they're like poking at him. And and the one guy even said, "I I thought you would be taller than this." <laughs> yeah, it uh. The thing is, too, I, I, I made him more, I mean, monkeys are pretty vicious and small creatures anyway. So I, I thought it worked making him small, too, because it, it just it just evoked more of, of, of what a monkey is like to a degree, too. Now, uh, another thing I wanted to talk about was the, the talisman scene where um, mm. the demon hunters trick uh, Sansong into... Uh, into thinking that they're um, they're people from the West and that they've captured uh, Miss Duan, the, the the love interest in the movie, and uh, and there's this extended sequence where uh, Miss Duan is trying to impress him with by being a little more feminine. So one of the other demon hunters puts like a I don't know what you would call it, but like a tal- a paper talisman that like ha- basically turns you into a puppet of the other person, 
uh-huh. and it leads to all these misunderstandings. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know. I was curious what people's reaction to that whole sequence, really. But that whole uh, sequence was, I thought, really funny, especially when the talisman gets torn off of Miss Duan and ends up on. Um, Chipaka. I thought that was just hysterical because then he's pretending to be all sexy and sultry and the two male demon hunters come in and they're like, um, what is going on in here? Yeah. I like the humor. Yeah, I was just some good slapstick. I enjoyed that scene. And, uh... <laughs> it was a bit of, you know, uh, when, the, when the talisman sort of showed up, it was like, uh, you you know something funny was going to happen with those like he he can't stop. It, it was a bit of a Chekhov's gun moment yeah, yeah. They, they've shown yes. the gun now something has to happen with this I like how they how everything was dependent on things that happened like there was a gag where they were they were pretending to be these people from like Persia or India that had come to kill demons and demon hunters and to make their point she pretended to kill a couple of her. Uh, her her, her 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 henchmen and they had these tubes in their throats that would shoot out blood and so one of them just starts squirting blood everywhere and it becomes this running gag but then they use that gag in the talisman sequence to have the misunderstanding over you know uh you know uh you know between miss duan and uh and and san Chang. um so i liked how like the the you know the gags sort of they don't just lead into each other but they're also dependent on each other um, yeah, yeah. Now, a, a gag question I've got. I'm curious. Is you know, I and mean, I doubt anyone can answer this, but I'm just going to throw the question out there. But one thing I was wondering about, you know, you've got the whole uh, Prince Important impotence pun that's going on. I'm like wondering how does that translate? Like, what what were they actually saying, and what what you know? Because I mean, obviously, it's like uh, that's that's a an English language pun there. I'm, I'm like kind of curious what the actual underlying joke was. The, his name doesn't really translate well as Prince Important. Like he is Prince Vacant in mm-hmm. the actual Chinese. Yeah, when, when his name is introduced, like that's what like they um, the, the, the literal translation would be. And I think they made him Prince Important to fit the impotent joke in for yeah. the Western viewers. So. It it, it it it's a sort of pun that works in Chinese. Like the, the name that he has in Chinese does not translate to Prince Important at all. Oh, I know. I was just wondering what yeah. the actual what the you know what the actual joke there was as far as the original names. That's all. And I, I, I think it was one of those uh, where if you pronounce a word slightly off, then you're saying something completely different type of things. Mm-hmm. The accent, yeah. <laughs> the accent yeah. on the second word was slightly off, and <laughs> that completely turns it into an Change insult. It. Yeah. And yeah, and then you get the whole sort of the gag with him sort of stuttering and going, no, 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 that's not me. No, 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 no. I'm not important. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not important. <laughs> well, and he's and he's got and he's got the the flower ladies, the four the four flower ladies, but they're all, you know, yes. old. Bit, yeah, they're all old and <laughs> and they don't look happy to be there. And, no. And one of them keeps giving him, you know, a lot of a lot of back talk when whenever he makes requests. Um, but I just like that that character and his and the flower maidens are. I think a really nice touch in the movie. Um, mm-hmm. They are, and yeah, it's just the way that he he does explain. It. I mean, he was like, "What do you expect? I'm mean, we're in the middle of nowhere. Where are we going to find like heavenly maidens or whatever? I'm going to make new of these, right?" <laughs> yeah, no, and the uh, and then uh, and then there's the whole scene where he's he's at you know he keeps asking people out to drinks, and uh, and eventually the guy that got mad in the trailer is the one that finally goes to 
agrees to go out with him for the for the <laughs> drinks that night. But um, the, uh, the there was uh, and and I'm, I apologize for putting this in awkward order, but my notes are just kind of a mess today. But um, but one of the other things I, I was interested in discussing is uh, there's a line that she keeps saying through the movie that doesn't seem that important until the very end. But she says, when a girl closes her eyes, she wants you to kiss her. Wants you to kiss her. And, yeah. And and I like how they turn that into, like you were kind of saying, Kenny, about the misty eye moments in the movie. Uh, you know, when, uh, when they, when, when, and again, we're going to spoil it because uh, it's hard to talk about this scene without spoiling it. So if you haven't seen the movie, uh, don't watch it. But when, when Monkey King kills her and they flash back to her saying that again, and then he, he kisses her. Because, you know, I just thought that was a really kind of like a nice, clever line in the movie for that reason. Yeah, it's a line that you can easily miss that doesn't seem that important until the very right moment in the film. And he, he finally got it. I think he did love her. Um, he just didn't believe in the lesser love for the greater love. He just was too much in that box that he had to be holy and pure but i think mm-hmm. he really did care about her no I, I i think i think he did i think he was in love with her from the beginning um and he was just in denial about it um and i think that's what his master was kind of getting at with uh uh you know talking about him flirting and and all that and and saying he was missing the the little something yeah yeah his master definitely wasn't disapproving about the idea of him uh getting involved with someone um, and I was gonna say, like, yeah, the 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 whole sort of demon subduing thing that the master was teaching um, Tripitaka was to use his sincerity to move to demons. And I think the point there is that you know, if you can't even be true to yourself, how can you be sincere mm-hmm. to others? Type mm-hmm. of thing. You know, if you're lying about your own love, then you know, how can you preach about love and forgiveness to other people, right? So yeah, it, it, it's sort of uh, yeah, the, the nice little thing that they have going on there and you know and about the line um you know when the girl closes her eyes you know she wants you to kiss them yeah that's it's one of those things where when they say it that way from the very beginning i thought it was going to be it would be some sort of um gag coming out of it it seems like one of those lines where it's like okay Mm -hmm. yeah she's made the point of saying this so it's probably going to come a few times it's going to be lead to misunderstandings or a gag and i didn't expect it to you know have uh, an impact at the climax of the movie um and tragic way as well so that that was a another sort of subversion and i think subversion is what stephen chow does really well um in all of his movies he sets up ex- expectations in one way and then completely flips it around on you so yeah you, i think the best it way goes, to describe it would be you, you know when you feel when you think you're gonna laugh you end up crying when you think you're gonna cry you end up laughing yeah. and the, the absurdness yeah. of it you know he, he does a really good job of mixing it all throughout his movies and you never quite know what to expect i mean you have you you can sort of guess sometimes but then you know it, it, it because of the way he weaves it all together and it changes so often it's just hard to <laughs> keep an absolute grasp on it yeah this was a movie that i felt was surprising the first time you see it there are a lot of things like you do not like even at the end like after they've uh they've dealt with the pig demon and they're sort of thanking monkey and everything seems to be going smoothly. You almost expect that from there it's just going to be a sort of like, you know, okay, they're going to figure out the love story end of things. And then it just takes a really sharp turn and Monkey is released and, uh, um, and, 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 you know, goes on a murder spree, basically. Like, that's it. You know, he just, you know, just kills a bunch of people. Um, and, 
and and like you said it's sort of a you know you don't you're not you know you're not expecting the, the that line to come out so tragically at the at the end yeah but, well it's, it's interesting because i think i think before that point he says it twice in the movie and it's you know bringing up you know your point kenny about it seeming like it's going to be a joke is that it's you've got kind of the comedy rule of threes where you kind of say you know the third time is the time it's really funny so it's like it's done it two times you're ready for that third time when it's going to be hilarious and nope nope <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah, I don't know. I think that it was, but it was also it was it was particular. I thought that that scene was was especially moving. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and yeah, so uh, I thought that the kiss was actually going to bring her back to life. Um, at least that's what I was hoping. Anyway, that he would remember that line, and then it would bring her back to life. But then when that didn't happen, I was like, ugh. Yeah, I was I was kind of hoping, but I I was doubtful. But I was like I was like maybe, but no. <laughs> well, and especially since her whole character seems to be like the embodiment of perseverance, you you would almost mm-hmm. expect that. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, even in the yeah. final scene, you know, she like her arm breaks and then she's kicking with her leg, and then you know it's like she just keeps going. Um, I'll just I, say with the movies I've watched with you guys, love interests haven't done real well yeah, in no. any of these movies. Yeah, so I was, no. I was bracing myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, well i think that i spent and, and 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 again with chinese odyssey it was a similar type thing i think the ending is a little more a little more heartwarming and happy in a chinese mm-hmm. odyssey but it's still kind of a bittersweet type thing and i i uh I, I think it's why it's effective though i think that's a um you know the the it's one of the reasons why the movie works I mean, you, you never really expect such a tragic ending at the, uh, for a yeah. comedy movie, yeah. right? I mean, no. you, yeah, throughout this movie, you've laughed for like, you know, 80% of the movie, and like, and then suddenly at the end, it's just like, oh, wow, uh, that happened. Shit. But keep <laughs> in mind, it's a movie that opens with like the death of a child and a mother and a father. The whole family gets killed in the opening of the movie, and you're laughing the whole time, but you're also like, you know, moved yeah. by it. So it's, it, I don't know, I, I it's, it's, it, it's a really unbelievable film in that, that aspect, and, it, and a lot of Stephen Chow movies do that, but um, but this one I think does it exceptionally well. Um, the uh, you know I think another one that was pretty good with that was um, I think it was called King of Comedy. Uh, oh yeah, it, <laughs> it, it sort of kind of got the same sort of like heart and comedy thing going, but this one just it's like it's it's intertwined, like it's 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 very finely woven together. Um, but, uh, I mean, he's had like twenty years to perfect his craft. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's doing quite a good job of it, actually. And, like, and I think, like, yeah, he, he sort of, um, like, you know, you mentioned Molly Tell movies in uh, in the opening. Maybe you know that's not um, the meaning might be lost on people who don't don't understand what that means. But Stephen Chow is known for making movies that are pointless, like Molly Tell, just means pointless movies where it's just gags and just humor. And you know, it, it, it's sort of I guess people would look at um, you know people in Hong Kong look, look at his movies as sort of lowbrow. Um, you never really expect you know the, the, to him to sort of take this lowbrow comedy stuff. And somehow make it touching as well in such a um, in, in such a spectacular way. So it's uh, nice uh, uh, to see how he sort of changed throughout the years as a, as a director, as an actor. Like, well, he wasn't acting in the movie, but you know, as a as a 
the director for this one. Yeah, and you have to wonder how the movie would have been if he had been in it because he is a, he's a really good actor and a really great physical performer, um, but also he's he's probably getting on in in uh you know in term you know the the requirements of a movie like this are uh you know favorable to the young I suppose. But, yeah, um, this was my this was my first Stephen Chow movie, and the reason why I never watched one before this is because when they would say slapstick comedy, I'm thinking, oh boy, here we go, hmm. Three Stooges type of stuff. If you're an American, you know, and that's not really my thing, so I've never really watched his movies. But this was a pretty good movie. I mean, I, think- I like. Yeah, I think the the, the 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 slapstick humor from from movies like out of Hong Kong and 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 and, and from Stephen Chow are really, uh, I don't know, I I, I think they're uh, really funny. Like you know, in a in a way that you 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 know that you you know, I think we, we especially like in the states we don't we don't really give physical comedy a lot of respect. Um, but but this is I mean the, the physical comedy is really impressive in these movies and this one you know it just keep it, it just the energy that it just keeps presenting you with new things and new twists and turns and it is uh it's I don't know I I, I love it but uh yeah you, but it's it oh no I was saying, say, it's something I, I say it's something that America used to be better at because it's like I've gone back and watched a lot of the old silent movies and it's like you know a Charlie Chap movie does kind of the same thing where it's like there's lots of silly slapstick but they become really moving and you know emotional in places which was surprising because I you know I, I I didn't watch any Chaplin movies till about 10 years ago and it's such it's you know such a common thing I almost felt like I'd seen them but actually sitting down and watching them I'm like wow there's there's a lot of depth to these movies. Yeah, it's one thing uh, to see the clips of them, and then another thing to to, to watch. Sit the down whole and watch them. Yeah. So I know, yeah. I know, I know what you're saying as far as you thinking. Uh, you know, all oh, these slapstick movies will be, you know, just just wackiness. And I had the same experience with Chaplin. But you know, he's got some. He, uh, Chow has some great movies. Uh, Kung Fu Hustle, a lot of people really like, and um, yeah, Shaolin Soccer is really good. And, and, and I, you know, his movies from the nineties, I think are spectacular and my favorite, and this isn't one that he directed or wrote, but a Chinese odyssey, I think is, uh, is probably my favorite movie of his. Um, hmm. but, but yeah, so, um, yeah, Warren, this is a topic of, you know, the slapstick humor there. One of my, the, one of the parts where I thought was funniest, yeah, and sort of transcends language as well, is where the Monkey King is trying to prove his strength by breaking the bamboos. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah he's trying to chop a whole bunch of them, and it's like, and he, he fails, so he's like taking, taking, you know, reducing the size of the pile until he breaks it. And then you know, he hides his hand because he actually, like, bruised his palm, and, and, he and he's like, I can break pump. anything. And then, <laughs> yeah, and then, and then that Chipitaka pulls out the durian. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the spiky fruit. Well, and I love the banter in between, too, where Monkey King is trying to distract him from the fact that he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to chop the durian, and, uh, you know, he's, he's in, you know, oh, youth these days, they don't have any respect. And he's going off uh-huh. on these, these rants. Um, no, I, I have to wonder if that was all like a double trick going on, too, from the standpoint that he was trying to make himself a lot weaker so that he'd be less intimidating so that, you know, that he was hiding his strength so that when he was released, no one would expect him to be so incredibly deadly. I think so, uh, because he did he, because he proved very deadly even while he was in the cave when he when he captured the pig demon. 
So mm-hmm. I, I would think that 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 he that he might have been. And he, and like you said, he was he was pulling the double fake on the talisman, which was which was pretty brilliant because he you know he really directed yeah. him. You know, he's saying, oh yeah, that's the you know, he tricks him to thinking that the stone tablet is the seal and it's really the the lotus flower above. Um, and then he's like, oh, you know, I haven't seen the moon. Can you can you just? You know, and he, doesn't, he actually doesn't even ask him to move. He's just like, oh. What I wouldn't give to see the moon again, and, yeah, exactly. And, and, and stirred, you know, by by everything that's happened, uh, you know, uh, uh, Zane Song, uh, you know, you know, plucks out the lotus and it starts burning, and uh, yeah, yeah, and it's but you know, going back to him breaking the things, like I said, if it was a devil thing, it's great because it's a scene that works even if he was being serious and he was having trouble. But then when you add the other element, you look back on it later and it it just has more to it. But um, but what do you what did you think of the uh, the fight choreography? It's almost easy to overlook because there's so much physical comedy, which is sort of subsumed into the fight choreography. But uh, what, what you know, what were your thoughts on the fight sequences themselves? Oh, the almighty foot! <laughs> <laughs> and that yeah, the almighty foot is, is one of the greatest characters in the movie, and I think. I feel like the sound effect they even used for his foot might have been the same sound effect they used for um, Heavenly Foot in Buddha Palm, because um, I, I, I feel like it's like a reference to that that character. But, uh, uh, but was... well, I, I, it reminds me of um, I think it was a scary movie actually. Where one with, like there was like a butler with a, re- a shriveled up hand as well. And oh, like, yeah. Grab onto my strong hand. <laughs> well, and I love the scene where he's got the he, it's, it's his little tiny shriveled foot, and then when he when he empowers it, I guess it just becomes this massive, you know, ridiculously huge uh, calf and foot. Um, and he and he uses it to try to crush Monkey King, and Monkey just plows through it with his fist. And uh, and then he's crying to um, <laughs> Prince Bacon, going, "He pierced my foot! He pierced my foot!" Well, what I love too is how the the whole thing is these these demon hunters are all fighting with each other because they each want the glory for themselves. And Zan Song is like, "No, if we if you guys just work together, you could like you could probably take on this pig demon." And they and and they and, and they just refuse. They they yeah. <laughs> Who wants to split the reward? But um, yeah. I mean, I guess there's also um, yeah. The only one who's really doing any fighting, I guess, is uh, Miss Dawn, right? I mean, she has her um, sort of a punching style and using the the. Um, I can't remember what's the name, demon trapping ring or um, the ring, the expanding ring that she has, and the expanding ring of eternity. That was pretty yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Yeah, the way she duplicates it and just, yeah, you know, I mean, she was a very sort of brute forceish type character. Like, you know, she in the scene where she's in the um, the Gao in the Gao family in or whatever with the pig demon. Yeah, you know, and she's sort of like brutalizing these. Um, well, I guess the I think there were there were clones of some sort, sand clone type things, uh, or maybe there were low level demons. I'm not really sure. Uh, and, you know, she's just like ripping them apart and you know, very being very uh, gung ho about it. But my um, question is, why didn't she use the rings in the first place instead of punching their heads in at first? I just would have went for the rings; would have been so much easier. 
I think the traditional sort of, you know, in, going from like a playing game point of view, like if you can use your normal attacks to finish off an enemy, you never use your spe- magic spells because that takes up resources, right? So if you, if you can get away with just punching things, you know, there's no point spending your mana on the casting I, out things. I, I think yeah. the answer is she likes punching things because whenever you see her <laughs> hitting somebody, she is thoroughly enjoying herself. That's one of the things I like about her character. She is so gung-ho about fighting demons and the, yeah. the complete opposite of zan song in that way she is uh she is uh she just goes in there and is just you know not only like you were just saying not only hitting them but like rip, ripping their limbs off like they're like she's tearing apart a kfc chicken you know what i mean she just like is 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 pretty vicious and brutal um but but yeah I, uh and and i thought she uh uh i think the actress's name is shu chi uh, who yes. played her? Um, she's pretty I, famous. Yeah, she's very famous, but she's not. I don't think she's typically known for for comedies, right? She's usually in more serious uh, films. I think it's it's a mix. I it's think mix. like she's always like she's generally quite good in whatever she is in, mm. um, and maybe yeah, she has a more stand up performance when it comes to serious movies. But um, yeah, I think she did. She 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 portrayed the character really well in this movie, and the, uh, her, especially her uh, idea of seduction when she's doing into the horse stance. They go, <laughs> yeah, the, <laughs> yeah, the mighty horse stance. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought she did a very good job, and especially with the things like this is a kind of character where like this, like the postures are very important, and like how she carries herself was very important, and um, and so I I, I completely bought into her. Um, but yeah, I think I think the the answer though to the ring thing is the that she just liked punching people and then uh, and then that, resorted that. to the rings when that wasn't working. Um, <laughs> no, I like that answer a lot. That that fits for me perfectly. Yeah, the reason why I liked her so much is because that she was so strong and brutal, and she was like his perfect yin to the yang. You know, he was so gentle and. Um, peaceful and peace loving and she was just like oh let's just get this done and do it the right way let's beat him to death well and the way they even introduced her character you know he's doing the nursery rhyme thing with the fish demon and it and the fish demon just starts beating the crap out of him and and she just grabs the fish demon by the hair and basically rescues him and uh and then puts the demon into i don't know what like her little plushy demon talisman bags that she has I i don't know what the the the, the appropriate term would be but she's got she 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 turns the, she basically turns the demons into little plushies um and uh yeah so yeah i, I agree with you dion um so yeah so i don't know uh, what what other aspects of the movie are we overlooking here oh um the master the master in the movie uh we had talked before the podcast about whether he was the buddha or whether he was just some random master and what people's thoughts were on that i'm more inclined to think that he is um a buddha or someone who serves the buddha type of thing mm-hmm. i mean you know he, he has the look about him he looks like a buddha <laughs> and, he, and he imparts the the, the frigid nursery rhymes so, you know and, and he clearly knows like the secret behind the, the frigid nursery rhymes and and how to use it so uh, you know I, it's it's hard to believe that he is just like a nameless um exorcist who uh, spends his day painting on the wall of uh, the entire life story of demons he's never seen before. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he knew t- 
He oh. knew too much about what was going on outside of where he was. Like when um, he knew all about um, when the fish demon and was being captured and how that went down. And then he knew about the fe- the flirting and everything. I just think he knew too much about everything. He was omnipotent. He was all knowing. He had to be Buddha or some type of Buddha. Well, I, I love the way he delivered his lessons too when he's eating when he's eating the goose to show that it's uh you know he's trying to basically like he's basically uh uh Sang thinks that you know they can't eat meat and they can't basic they can't be in love and and he so he eats the goose to sort of show him uh and he says you know this is just a physical act and uh you know and uh and kind of gives him like a little bit of a lesson and then it turns out that he's just stolen the goose from a from a vendor and they end up getting chased <laughs> out of town and, and it's uh, i don't know it's, it's, you know I, I found the the, the master a, a real enjoyable character in the movie but another another religious figure that i think is worth talking about is the taoist priest at the start of the movie that uh that 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 captures the first demon um you know that uh and uh you know there's a there was a scene where he uh where the the people of the village give the uh, the Taoist priest after he's he, he basically goes in and he you know after the father's been eaten and he uh, he he performs magic that I think is meant to clearly not be real magic. He's just sort of pulling the wool over people's eyes and he throws like a some kind of ancient grenade into the into the water <laughs> and blows up a stingray and then tells them that he's caught the demon. And they start giving him things, and they give him a big basket filled. They go, "Oh, here's our money and some food." And he goes, "Oh no, 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 no! You know, I'm a Taoist priest. My purpose in life is to help people. I couldn't possibly accept these extravagant, extravagant gifts." And he and he hands them back the dried fish, but keeps the uh, keeps the basket <laughs> of money. money. And uh, so, yeah, I think it works a bit better in Chinese because the, the, the yeah. It, it's sort of a known fact that you know, hundred-year-old dried fish is like a delicacy. That you know, it's uh, you know, it's hundred years old. You know, it's very precious. It's very rare. And you know, it's oh, I can't possibly accept this degree of gift. And you know, the money is fine. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So <clears throat> excuse me. But yeah. So I don't know any any other uh, points from the movie that I've forgotten. No, I mean, I, I, I guess you know more about sort of the, the final ending scene where there, uh, um, where, where the fight between um, Monkey and the, the Buddha is going on is pretty impressive. I like the part where they sort of do the zooming in on the fingerprints of on Buddha's hand, because mm. um, that you know it, it really gives you a scale of how big his uh, palm actually is. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I, and it just keeps zooming in. I love that they show you like the basically like the prints in the palm like you see like the the contours of his palm prints and and you're like why are they why are they so obsessed with the palm prints and then you realize it's to give you a sense of the scale of how vast his palm is meant to be that like by the time it reaches the earth it's just covering this you know enormous area and and monkey is completely helpless beneath it um but uh but yeah i I agree that 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 final scene i thought was the special effects in this movie, I thought, were, were were really good for what's really kind of like a comedy movie. Um, I think the the effects there, the the fish demon, I thought looked pretty impressive too. Um, mm-hmm. He was pretty scary. Yeah, yeah, he was pretty frightening looking. Um, 
and I don't know what he was. He looked to me almost like a like a weird lionfish or something. Um, yeah, I was definitely getting a feline kind of uh, vibe from the uh, the fish demon. Mm. But uh, but yeah, I think the effects were quite good, including like the you know that the uh, uh, not the heavenly foot the. Uh, um, Fist of the Wolf Star? No, no, no. The Almighty Foot. I just wanted to get the name. Mm. Almighty Foot. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Almighty Foot. Uh, yeah, and and the swords too. The sword, the sequence with um, Pris important swords. Uh, oh, that was pretty cool. Yeah, mm. they're like these little tiny, almost like toy swords, and then he just you know flings them out, and they, you know, they they uh you know a little bit video game like in the way that they. Yeah, yeah and I, then um, they all come together to form. Mm one big giant sword just like Voltron um, <laughs> forms into one mega robot. All his swords came together and, and formed into this huge, impressive uh, sword that just really didn't do anything. Yeah, and I liked, I also like the fact that through the whole movie, he's kind of been carried around and it's like, but he's known to be this renowned swords, but it's like, oh, finally we're going to see him fight, get into a big sword fight here. And it's just him sitting there kind of lobbing little swords and yeah. people is his whole thing he still doesn't do anything but as far it's, as moving it's nice that that fit his personality because he's kind of got like the, mm-hmm. the persistent cough and the whole thing <laughs> where like you know i'm you know i got i can't walk by myself i'm i'm more lofty than you and so it, yeah you know, it fit his his reclined stance that he was always in <laughs> yeah i just want to mention that you know his sort of fighting style of like um, flinging out the the flying swords is a very sort of Shansha um, trope thing. Yeah, people uh, people at, at, who have transcended the mortal levels will fight using flying swords, and be- they very rarely you know sort of involve themselves in the fight because yeah they're they're so lofty and above <laughs> um, these sort of physical activity type in, things. In that context, w- where do you think these guys reside? These demon hunters, the three that were fighting for the honor of being killed by Monkey King. Uh, you know, they, they, they. Do you think they've, they've attained that level of power? Or do you think that they're? They why well, I, I think they do. I mean, but the, the issue with the, is that they chose the wrong opponent because the Monkey King is literally like a god level character. Yeah, yeah. He's eating, he's eating <laughs> heavenly pills by this point, and he's he's got all he's he's, he's enormously powerful. I, I think, like, I mean, if, if we follow the sort of um, history, like at this point, he would have uh, rewritten the book of the, uh, the the dead in hell so that he's immortal, eaten the peaches from the, like, the heavenly orchards of the um, divine empress or whatever, and been like refined in a cauldron for like a thousand years, and his eyes can now see through all truth and lies and all that sort of thing. Like yeah. he is like beyond like overpowered yeah, as far. <laughs> It's it's very difficult to convey if if people are seeing Monkey King for the first time just how truly powerful this character is. He can leap. He so one of the things in Journey to the West is he can leap, like he can basically go from one continent to the next, just jumping in the air and flying really quickly. And I think I think it's say it's like he can some like one somersault of his can tra- travel like ten thousand miles or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's very fast, and it's actually an issue in the plot in Journey of the West. They have to explain it away because the, the he's going with with um, with uh, Shansong on his journey to the West, and and at one point the character's like, "What? Why don't we just pick him up and I'll fly him over, and he can get the sutures <laughs> and come back?" And and you know they're like, "No, no, no, that's not what we're trying to do here. We want we want him to, you know, but but they have to explain it." Um, yeah, I think the reason they use is that you know they had to um, experience. 
nine times nine to eighty one um, mm. sort of separate um, calamities or uh, trials before they uh, are truly worthy of the sutras. <laughs> so they have to just walk step by step. <laughs> otherwise, which, is, <laughs> which is why there's so many chapters in the novel. Um, but it's a hundred chapters. I think the first seven or eight are just Monkey King's origin. Then you get like the Tang Monk's origin, and then you get like the journey, and then you get the end. But uh, but yeah, I, I you know what? We'll link to that at the bottom of the podcast too. Cause that's really worth checking out if if people haven't. Um, even just reading the Wikipedia entry on it is is helpful. Um, but uh, but yeah. So we've been going for fifty minutes. So uh, I think I'm gonna. I'm going to end it there, and uh, you know we'll be back on next week. I think we're going to be doing the bride with white hair too, and then um, and then yeah, we'll uh, we'll be back on with some other stuff. So we'll talk to you later. where um, the two, you know, the Kung Fu Masters are meeting the Toad guy for the first time. Yep. And they introduce themselves as a par- a Helen and Paris of Troy in the subtitles. Yeah. Uh, but what they actually said in the Chinese was Yang Guo and uh, Xiaolonglu. From oh Legend Yang Guo from Hero. from Condor Hero yes. okay yes no. that's what they so it, you know I think the the subs assume that you wouldn't know who the yeah the, the Condor heroes are in the legend and, but, and yeah the, but what's what's funny is the subs that that is even more confusing by saying you know what I mean because then you're like well, wait a second how are Helen and Troy you know it's a yeah it does make it worse like. <laughs> If it said something like Romeo and Juliet, and that would probably have uh, had the same effect. But you know, but I can see what they're going for. They wanted like an epic, you know, couple from the legends type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Par- yeah, Helen and Paris of Troy fit the bill. But you know, it's a bit 
still a bit of a weird choice, and yeah, you know, and we can see the sort of the, the the same sort of thinking for the Prince Important and the Impotent sort of mm-hmm. joke. They they chose the subtitle so that um, you know the West a Western audience would be able to get the pun as well. Yeah, it was it was good. I it wasn't like I was questioning it because there was any problem with it. It's just one of those things I think about when I watch foreign movies. I'm like, hey, whenever I come across a pun, I'm like, what was really well, going on here? Well, and in, in in the Chinese too, it's like Kenny was saying, they have the tones, and that really adds a whole other layer of pun availability. Mm-hmm. I think that isn't. Really yeah, well, I've it. I've studied a little bit. You know, having spent time in Japan, when there you have the point that the length you hold, like vowels, can change the meaning of a word drastically so a lot of puns just rely on how long you hold a, a vowel 